Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the circulatory system, and I'm your host, Grace Jaramillo. We're going to start out with the heart. The heart is a vitally important organ made of strong muscle tissue and is protected by the ribcage. It is about the size of your fist and sits slightly to the left of the middle of your chest. The heart is one of the only organs in the circulatory system, but it is one of the most important in your entire body. This essential organ consists of four hollow chambers, two atria on top and two ventricles below them. These chambers work like pumps. Their job is to push blood through the body. The blood flows into the heart through the atria and out through the ventricles. At the exit of each of the chambers, there is a valve that ensures the blood flows in the correct direction when it is leaving. Other important aspects of the circulatory system are arteries, veins, and capillaries. Although these are not organs, they are key elements of the system. Other organs from the other systems that help the circulatory system help out its functions are the brain and the lungs. The brain is from the nervous system and is is the control center of the entire body. The brain sends messages to all parts of the body, including the heart, which is the major organ of the circulatory system. Without the brain, the system would not be able to function. Other important organs to the circulatory system are the lungs. The lungs are a part of the respiratory system and deliver oxygen to the blood so that it can be pumped through the arteries in the heart and delivered to the rest of the body. These are just two examples of how organs and organ systems are interdependent. This means that they, are, they rely on each other to carry out their proper functions. Next, we have blood vessels. Picture a tree. A tree begins with the trunk and then separates into the strongest and most sturdy branches. Gradually, the branches branch out and get thinner and smaller until the tips are very thin. You can relate formation of blood vessels to the layout of a tree. Imagine the heart as the trunk. The blood vessels closest to the heart are the thickest branches. They are the arteries and the veins, the most durable. These large vessels then branch out and become smaller with thinner walls until they are eventually tiny capillaries. There are three types of blood vessels, arteries, veins, and capillaries. The arteries are the vessels that carry nutrient and oxygen-rich blood away from the heart and, car- and deliver it to all of the body parts. The veins receive blood from the capillaries after the capillaries have delivered all of the oxygen and nutrients to the body parts and removed the waste, the carbon dioxide. The blood that the veins carry is oxygen-deprived and full of carbon dioxide. This blood is pumped back into the heart through the veins where the cycle can begin again. There are capillaries. These are the tiny vessels that wire the arteries to the veins. The oxygen-rich blood is carried to the capillaries by the arteries, and their semi-permeable walls allow them to deliver oxygen and other nutrients to the blood and all of the organs and tissues. During this process, they also take in any wastes, like carbon dioxide, that the organs and tissues need to get rid of. Fun fact! If you were to lay out all of your arteries, capillaries, and veins in one adult, end to end, they would stretch about 60,000 miles. The capillaries, which are the smallest of the blood vessels, would make up about 80% of this length. By comparison, the circumference of the earth is 25,000 miles. That means a person's blood vessels could wrap around the entire planet approximately 2.5 times. And now we're talking about tissues. Epithelial tissue is the type of tissue that protects your whole body, and it covers your whole entire body. Muscle tissue is made up of muscle cells, which are able to contract, whether it's involuntary or on demand. The main organ of the circulatory system, the heart, is considered a muscle, therefore it is largely made up of muscle tissue. Nervous tissue. 
Their main function is to react to stimuli and send impulses to various organs around the body. The tissue is important to the circulatory system because it helps the brain to transmit messages to all of the components of the circulatory system. Without this tissue, the system would not function. Connective tissue. Connective tissue is sometimes referred to as the glue that holds our body together. This tissue is what makes up the structure of not only the circulatory system, but all other organ systems as well. The tissue can be found in the walls of the arteries, veins, and capillaries, and of course, in the makeup of the heart. Fun fact, a condition called stress cardiomyopathy entails a sudden temporary weakening of the heart muscles. This results in symptoms akin to those of a heart attack, including chest pain, shortness of breath, and arm aches. This condition is also commonly known as broken heart syndrome because it can be caused by an emotionally stressful event, such as death of a loved one or a divorce, breakup or physical separation from a loved one. Now we're on to red blood cells. Red blood cells make up about 45% of blood. These cells look familiar to a donut without the middle punched out all the way. This shape is called the bioncave disc. Red blood cells are produced in bone marrow and then released into the bloodstream once they have matured. Their lifespan is about three or four months. The most important job of red blood cells is to transport oxygen into the and other nutrients to all the other parts of the body and get rid of wastes in the body such as carbon dioxide. As these cells pass by the lungs, carbon dioxide that they are carrying diffuses into the lungs and in return, some oxygen diffuses into the red blood cells. They are then transported all the way around the body through the arteries and give nutrients to organs and tissues by using diffusion. As oxygen diffuses out of the red blood cells, carbon dioxide from the organs and tissues diffuses into the red blood cells. The red blood cells then carry the carbon dioxide back to the lungs. Diffusion occurs again, and the cycle begins. Now, white blood cells. White blood cells only make about 2% of your blood, although they have an extremely important job. These cells help the body defend against infections and diseases by discovering and fighting germs and bacteria. The lifespan of white blood cells are anywhere from 7 to 14 days. There are three types of white blood cells, and each type helps defend against certain diseases. These cells find harmful cells, surround them, and then attack them from all angles. And lastly, platelets. Platelets are small blood cell fragments that help mend wounds by causing a blood clot. When a tissue is cut and bleeding, platelets build up over the wound and work with proteins nearby to form a web, which eventually hardens to create a scab, preventing any more blood loss. Doctors are calling it a medical miracle. Recently, in an extraordinary case, a British woman completely recovered from a six-hour cardiac arrest after being caught in a snowstorm while hiking with her husband in Spanish Pyrenees in early November. Audrey Mash developed hypothermia, an abnormally low body temperature. She later lost her pulse and fell unconscious. As she arrived at Barcelona's Val Hospital, she showed no vital signs. However, it was the same cold that brought her close to death that saved her vital organs from being damaged and kept her alive. Lastly, I have the function of the circulatory system. It begins with the heart and its four chambers. This division of the heart prevents oxygen-rich blood and oxygen-poor blood from mixing. The process begins when the veins bring the blood into the right atrium. It is then pumped through the tricuspid valve into the right ventricle. This chamber pumps the blood to the pulmonary valve into the pulmonary arteries where the red blood cells receive oxygen from the lungs and get rid of carbon dioxide through diffusion. The blood exits the left ventricle through the aortic valve and then enters the aorta, which you remember is the largest artery. The aorta branches out into many more vent arteries, 
which are able to deliver the blood all the way through the body. The walls of the capillaries are semi-permeable and allow oxygen and nutrients to diffuse from the red blood cells to nourish the organs and tissues. At this time, the red blood cells also pick up waste such as carbon dioxide through diffusion. Once this is complete, the blood continues through the capillaries into the veins. The now oxygen-deprived de blood is pumped back into the heart and lungs through the veins for a fresh supply of oxygen. Then the recycle repeats. Thank you so much for listening to my circulatory system podcast. I hope that you soaked up all the information and I'll see you next time.